You're listening to What the History, a podcast where two nerds talk about some awesome, crazy, random stuff you probably don't remember learning about, but you're going to now. Hey, nerds, it's Sarah and Casey. We are here with a new episode that is a little bit different for us. Um, so we were talking about doing the history of like the, the dance plague or weird epidemic of that sort. Mm-hmm. And we decided instead of one continuous topic, we would do like a series of short ones. Yeah. So we're going to talk about weird epidemics, mass hysteria, delusions, that type of thing. So much good stuff. Throughout history. Just weird shit that's happened. This is literally because... Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> Siri would like to be a part of this episode. Siri's involved. She's the new co-host. But... <laughs> Well, literally this happened because every time we need to do an event, we sit there and we both Google weird historical events. <laughs> we don't and, blow our spot. <laughs> yeah, but that's why. And every time one of these comes up. So we were like, yep. well, what if we just do a bunch of them? Yeah. And we have some wild stuff. Like, I have to say, yes. this is probably the most fun researching I've ever done. Yeah, it was not even just for the show, just like in general. I was yeah. mind boggled. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with uh, the fan fave, which is basically the dancing plague of 1518. The one Um, everybody knows. The one everybody knows. Yeah. If you guys know the other ones that we mentioned, please like drop us a line. Yeah. Like y'all are crazy if you fucking know some of these. Yeah. Like like if just off the top of your head, you were like, oh, I hope they do this one. And it's one of them besides the dancing plague. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, Sarah and I, normally we see each other's notes before we record. Yes. But I texted her earlier and I was like, let's keep these completely secret because like, I don't want you to know anything about these. I want you yeah. to be as surprised as I am. All we know so. is like the name of them. Right. And the name, like some doesn't... of them doesn't even do it justice. No. So oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So the dancing plague of 1518. Close your eyes and imagine. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. And imagine. It's <laughs> July of 1518. We are in Strasbourg in present-day France, but at the time it was part of the Holy Roman Empire. I think this is one of those very weird places where it was like France and German combo, because uh, they do obviously share like a border, but the Germans right. and the French are constantly fighting over the same territory. So the reason why I say that is because this whole shebang starts <laughs> with like, a woman. I'm literally picturing like a Venn diagram and it's just the, the middle part of the Venn diagram. <laughs> that's actually the perfect way to de- like to look at yeah. that because I, I think that's basically what it is. Right. So this woman named Frau Trophea, who for no particular reason, one day steps out into the street and begins silently dancing. <laughs> and there's no real definition for what she, they mean by dancing. I guess just like use your imagination. But she's doing this silently, yeah, like on her doorstep. Fifteen, eighteen. I I don't know. Like I don't know. There were some mentions yeah. of gyrating, but like I don't okay. I don't know. So it appeared that she was not able to stop dancing, and eventually mm-hmm. she ends up collapsing from exhaustion. Right. You you can't stop the beat. You that. can't stop the beat. This is mm-hmm. this is hairspray. This is Beaumont. <laughs> you know, post the footloose thing. Like yeah. everybody's dancing, except not really. It's just her right now. Just um, her, and then she's but, not dancing because she collapsed. 
Yeah. So then people like gather around her and she rests for a period of time and then she gets up and she just keeps going. But they describe it as resuming, quote, the compulsive frenzied activity, quote. So like that's the type of dancing that like I'm imagining ska dancing. Do you understand? Yeah, I do know. Yes, that's just weird I don't remember what that's called. Does anyone remember what that's called? No, but I know what you mean. Dancing. Skanking. Skanking, yes. This skanking. is 1518 Frau skanking. Yes. So Frau, Frau, whatever. The Frau Trophia is skanking. <laughs> and fairly quickly, a group of, quote, young women. I always put them in quotes because, like, of course, it's a bunch of fucking young women. Right. Uh, they start doing the same thing. And some sources describe it just as people. But, like, other sources are like, oh, it was a bunch of young women. Who fucking knows? It probably was a bunch of people, but they wanted to, you know, blame it, young yeah. women. So that was kind of the vibe I got. But I don't. There was something I Googled in one of the suggested Googles I got. was like, why are women more susceptible to mass hysteria? And I was like, please shut up. Oh, my That's, God. Yeah. I don't think true. Shut up. That's going to come up in one of my other examples of history in history. Yeah. Okay, good. So within a week, more than 30 people join her and were, quote, similarly (laughs) afflicted, most of many of whom kept dancing and they were just not able to stop despite causing themselves serious physical injury. (laughs) So (laughs) I know. So like we probably should have done a trigger warning. Like we are going to be laughing at things that are probably not the most appropriate to laugh at because they're just so absurd. Yeah, like, if this was happening to you, it's not funny. But it happened 500 years ago, not to me, so it's funny. Right, and, like, I can't actually fathom the terror that these people must have experienced. And, like, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last... I don't know if there is a time. I'm trying to think of the last time I lost control of any part of my body. No, I mean, the most I can think of is if you've ever been, like, tapping your foot and all of a sudden, like, you can't stop it. Like, it's just tapping by itself. Mm, That's called no. having anxiety. But, I, oh. <laughs> I don't no, know. My anxiety manifests itself differently, but. Okay. I've had a thing, like, of, I'll jiggle my foot just sitting there and I'll and go to stop, stop and the leg just, like, keeps going. That's the most I That's can think That's terrifying. Of. But I can um, physically, like, stop it if I need to. Yeah, I think I've seen like i've watched like my leg twitch before mm-hmm. and like it won't stop but like i mean these people are full on moving their right, bodies your whole body right so it's i can't even fathom it so basically obviously the authorities in the city civic and religious notice what's going on they see some shit is up and they're like um this isn't normal like we don't normally do this right. so weirdly enough they leaned with it rocked with it <laughs> uh and figured out that they f- <laughs> figured out i say this like they fucking figured it out (laughs) they figured that the only plausible solution to stop the epidemic was what would you guess i i mean it's 15 18 so like an exorcism no they actually told them to keep dancing they were like yes get it out of your system i guess i don't know they were like yeah yeah so they like i literally mean they leaned with it they arranged for these like guild halls to be emptied out to allow more people more room to gather together and dance they hired professional musicians (laughs) to come into the town to accompany the dancers and they (laughs) they also hired professional dancers to help the people keep dancing yes okay that feels like you don't like, if you ever see a little kid say, I'm running away, and instead of stopping them, the parent's like, okay, well, let's go pack your suitcase. Yes. Okay, like, 
<laughs> like you want them to rebel or something. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, let's keep dancing. That's great. They literally were like, give the people what they want. They want to dance. We'll let them dance. But I can't imagine like how <laughs> like inefficient this like this went on for two months, like throughout <laughs> all of July and all of August. It did not stop Aww. until like September. But like, That's, I just can't no. fathom this. No. So unsurprisingly, this had the literal opposite effect. <laughs> right. And instead of stopping people from dancing, it literally exacerbated the situation no so some reports say that as many as 400 people were afflicted with this dancing fever (laughs) and there were a number of them although there really are no numbered reports of people actually dying from being overexerted like their bodies just like shut down and stopped working which again is like horrifying could they sleep I don't I don't think so like I mean I think if no but like I don't know I don't know maybe I just I can't imagine like, okay, sun's up. We're all dancing. We're gyrating and like whatever. And then like, oh, sun's down. We got to head back inside and then our bodies will rest and then we'll wake up and keep dancing. Maybe if like the first lady, they occasionally passed out or something like that was the only rest they got. Right. And I imagine like you can't really eat while you're dancing or like. Yeah drink water not that they really drank water in 1518 they mostly drank well, like beer but like drink beer right right so like i don't i literally don't know what it involved but like people were like hurting themselves and like they well, just kept also, going most of them are like physical laborers probably work-wise right so you can't work like oh yeah there's still like some type of feudal system in. and actually i'll kind of talk about that next because like i i kind of broke all my segments down into what happened and possible theories yeah so we're kind of in the possible theories realm right now so okay. <laughs> contemporary theories. So theories at the time, which for some reason I didn't know what the word contemporary meant. And like, I'm kind of embarrassed by that. That's fair. But I'm just like, I come out and say it. In being embarrassed. Not, not yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I mean, bitch, you should fucking I know. Like I know what contemporary means, but I can't define it. Right. Like modern and contemporary me- are different. People, well, and some people use them to mean like the last 10 years and some people mean like the last 300 years. Right. Right. And so <laughs> it's like, just like not then. I know. But- so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why the word contemporary. I guess it actually just doesn't really come up for me. But whatever. Yeah. So at the time, here were the possible theories as to why this happened okay the first one and i think the most important and obvious one is a demonic possession yes that's pretty much all of them it's like yes. any yeah. epidemic from like more than 200 years ago they're like well demons yes well demons it's like today's well aliens you know right. what i mean <laughs> um overheated blood which sounds worse than demonic possession quite yeah. frankly like i'd rather just have a demon inside me than my blood yeah. like boiling a religious cult uh and and that there was like this like specific sect of christianity that was just like promoting this type of behavior there really wasn't okay. too much on that uh this is one of my favorite ones other than demonic possession mm-hmm. is a curse that was sent down by saint vitus who was a christian patron he was the saint of i can't even believe i'm about to say this <gasps> quote epileptics and dancers <laughs> and dancers <laughs> which is all kinds of fucked up like that's not good you put the patron patron saint of epileptics and dancers like what the fuck i do want you to know i just tried to google saint vitus and there's a band called this 
Oh, well, that's perfect. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's an American sense. doom metal band. <laughs> what is doom metal? I don't know. It doesn't sound enjoyable to me. Is that dance metal? Like, can no. you dance to that? Okay, wait. No, doom metal is an extreme subgenre of heavy metal music that uses slow tempos, low-tuned guitars, and a thicker or heavier sound than other heavy metal. Both the music and the lyrics intend to evoke a sense of despair, dread, and impending doom. Oh my god. <laughs> So, like, stuff you probably wouldn't dance to. Right. This says Black Sabbath is, like, the prototype. Okay. But Black Sabbath is good. Yes. Sure. But I don't think of them as... I guess they're doomed. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, anyway. That's... I don't even... I've, like, heard one or two Black Sabbath songs, Yeah, I know, by like, the way. Iron Man. <laughs> but, like... So, yeah. So, there was a local belief at the time that basically said that if you fail to honor St. Vitus, you would be cursed by being forced to dance. Okay. And, like, I, I'm trying to think... Can you... <laughs> This is so terrible. I'm totally going to get canceled for this. Um, You don't say epileptics, right? You say people with epilepsy? Yes. Okay. Now. Okay. Now you do. But like back then it was like, you're an epileptic. Like, okay. Right. Okay. All right. So, you know, I'm just surprised that they even had a word for that, which is interesting, but I digress. So that's the contemporary theories at the time of the actual dancing plague. Okay. Modern day theories are a little bit more sensical. So the first one is food poisoning. Yep. So there was and is a belief that the victims of the dancing plague were actually food poisoned by having consumed rye bread that was poisoned with ergot or ergo fungi. Sure. E-R-G-O-T. So ergo. Ergo. I don't think it'd be ergot. Escargo. That's what I'm thinking. So we'll call it ergo. Uh, Ergo fungi, which is a fungus that can cause psychoaffective, oh, sorry, psychoactive chemicals that cause you to... So they were basically, tripping. yeah, to basically have hallucinations. So yeah, this this fungi is the original substance from which LSD was originally synthesized okay. from. See, and so, I was thinking fungi mushrooms, and so mm-hmm. I was thinking they're trip. They were tripping. They were tripping, yeah, but their trip was a little less chill and, and a little more dancey. And long. And very long. Right. So the behavior from this drug can cause hallucinations and convulsions. Mm. So maybe they <laughs> They weren't dancing. They were just convulsing, which is like horrifying. Could you imagine like your body's just like jerking around and like people are like, cool dance, man. And you're like, no, I'm literally convulsing. Like, that's so scary. So I can't. So the behavior from this drug can cause hallucinations and convulsions. It's also the same fungus that was implicated in the Salem witch trials. So like all the girls were like going fucking nuts because they ate this like fungus or they found this mushroom that they were exposed to or whatever. So John Waller is the number one and pretty much only historian on this specific event in history. Good. I love that that's his job. So he doesn't believe that this theory is accurate. He says that, quote, this theory does not seem tenable since it is unlikely that those poisoned by ergo could have danced for days at a time, quote. So basically, like, your body eventually stops hallucinating in some capacity. And, like, I guess it would have made you too sick to keep going. Okay. Um, He also says quote, nor would so many people have reacted to its psychotropic chemicals in the exact same way, quote. So, like, the way that you would trip on this is different from the way I could trip on this. So, like, the fact that everybody was tripping by dancing just doesn't really make any sense. 
Okay. The other big theory, and this is actually John Waller's like biggest theory, is stress-induced mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. So when I read that phrase, I thought to myself, how the fuck have we not reached this yet as a society yeah. within the last year? Like, I don't know. Have you been on Twitter? Uh, no, I'm not on Twitter. I'm just on <laughs> so, TikTok because I can't, I I can't handle Twitter. I think Twitter stress-induced mass hysteria. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's out there. I'm just not involved in it, which that is also fine. might be what QAnon is. Unclear. Oh, actually, that's probably true. You're right. I'm probably just not hysterical. Yeah. yeah you're just not in the right place. Right, right. So Waller suspects that this is most likely the cause of the dancing, which basically it means that it was an example of what's called psychogenic movement disorder, which takes place in a mass hysteria or like a mass psychogenic illness, which involves people suddenly exhibiting the same bizarre behavior, which then spreads quickly and broadly in an epidemic-like pattern. So the dancing is believed to be stress-induced because in 1518, the people of this area were struggling with a ton of shit, like mostly starvation and civil like and it being 1518 right exactly just existing right you know was they like have really internet, fucking hard right. <laughs> right no air conditioning there and it was, was july so they only had rye bread like it just was a really fucking yeah. shitty time to live so this psychogenic illness could have also caused what's called a chorea which is derived from a greek word that means to dance so the situation would literally create a random and intricate set of unintentional movements that spread from body part to body part and then i guess from like person to person which is I actually started getting like kind of fucking scared after I... (laughs) like read that I was like oh my god Um, so if anyone would like to learn more you can read a book called (laughs) I don't know who wrote this book I haven't looked it up because I just wanted to say it you can read a book called A Time to Dance A Time to Die (laughs) (laughs) The Extraordinary Story of the Dancing Plague of 1518 and that's really the only way that I can end this segment because that's amazing if there's anything that can sum up wait is it not by John Waller I, it's I gotta know. be by John Waller, right? I'm gonna look it up now. A time okay. to dance. A time. It is by John yes. Waller. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. Yeah. I mean, this is. You can get it on Amazon, guys. Yep. It has good stars. Other books he've he's written include the real Oliver Twist. Oh no. <laughs> What is John Waller doing? I don't know. Someone needs to check on John Waller. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's The Dancing Flag of 1518. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. I'm going to save my favorite one for last, but we're going to do first the Tanganyika Laughter Epidemic. Oh, shit. So this is in what is now modern day Tanzania. Just okay. as a note. It was, mm-hmm. it had been a British like colonized area and had just gained um, independence or not full independence, but like some sovereignty at the time Okay. Um, before becoming part of modern day Tanzania. But it's 1962, which for some reason is wild to me because that seems so recent. Like a yeah, lot like of these I know are... people who were alive in 1962. So. Right. Like a lot of these <laughs> are ancient and you just have mm-hmm. the few accounts but this is like this like the pictures are in color it's oh that's <laughs> weird that's weird yeah so on january 31st of 1962 we are at a boarding school for girls that is mission run so it's like a church boarding school and three of the girls were you know kidding around like kids mm-hmm. and they got the hysterical giggles and laughter is kind of contagious in general right like yeah so they're kind of giggling and can't i'm stop like it. kind of gonna laugh thinking about it. exactly they're laughing <laughs> and they start laughing 
so hard that they're like crying and <laughs> they turn into hysterical like they're laughing but they're sobbing like thrashing like losing their shit laughing right and this goes on for days right like for days they can't stop laughing holy shit and it starts spreading throughout the classroom so a bunch of the other kids again they start laughing in the way you like kind of laugh along or maybe even laugh at these kids who are like mm-hmm. crying laughing at nothing right um but it starts to spread throughout the children in like the wider community because it's happening when they go home too right so they never stop laughing they just like walk home laughing it, they're they're having like bouts of laughter so there are okay. kind of lulls but then they just start up and, and so it's not like my again. friends who were just fucking dancing around right. Strasbourg. it doesn't seem to be like 24 okay. 7 but it's pretty constant right like they'll okay. take a break and like a few minutes later laugh again got it they end up spreading this to like so many kids that the schools close down oh my god like the teachers what? aren't affected so it seems to really only pass <laughs> through the we kids. have no joy anymore exactly it's even really in 1962 <laughs> the kids it spreads between the girls only schools and the boys only schools because when they're at home they're all interacting and the schools close down medical investigators are brought out and they can't find any physical reasons for the laughter right or the hysterics and they kind of even at the time say this is probably a case of mass hysteria right again it's like recent enough that they kind of know that term and these right. other things and they you know they're probably like weird colonizer doctors because they say it's in a susceptible population mm. so somehow these like young african girls are more prone to mass hysteria what the fuck ever. right yeah but um sounds they, like the white patriarchy to me yeah and this goes on for like a very long time like there are reports of kids in the area still having laughing fits for 18 months oh my god and it's not wait wait that's like the people who like get hiccups and never fucking stop that's actually one of my most irrational fears (laughs) that and someone walking in on me while i'm in the That second one's a lot more likely. I know, but like, I don't know. I think I read it in a book once that somebody was like, they got hiccups and it never went away. And I was like, holy shit, that's going to happen to me now. I just know it. So, <laughs> so now when I you get have the hiccups, the hiccups, you're like counting. You don't even know. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is it. No one's going to ever talk to me again. Like, <laughs> and I'm then terrified. it's like three hours later. You're like, oh, I haven't hiccup. Hiccup. I guess oh. it's fine. No, no. Like 30 seconds later, I drink my water like eight well, yeah. steps really quick and then it goes away. And I'm like, I have nothing to worry about now. And then I get the hiccups two weeks later and I'm like, this is it. Code red. So, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so over this 18 months it kind of like bounces between different villages and areas of this like town and some people report it being accompanied by fainting which kind of makes sense it's like people running out of air and fainting or other respiratory problems yeah that's totally fair um some people said it was accompanied by rashes or crying and screaming which i feel like if i laughed for long enough and couldn't stop i would also cry and scream yeah because at a certain point it's no longer fun to right and i think and it like probably hurts on the border things right like you laugh until you cry and then you're like sad crying and then you're freaking out oh so like every monday morning for me that exactly was also accompanied by flatulence oh Um, no laughing and farting laughing and farting i'm so excited you said flatulence you'll know why later (laughs) keep going i can't wait for that Um, ultimately like so over the course of this 18 months in the various areas 14 schools had to close down for some period of time oh my god and over a thousand people were believed to be affected almost all of them children 
Wow. Um, so this is like a thing. And so the the school that it started at with those three girls, where's the name? It's like the Kashasha. Kashasha? Kashasha? This, this, that's, I almost that's said the, that's the song. That's the that's school. That's the school. That's Kasha. School. Yeah. Ka, how do you spell it? Ka- K A S H A. So like Kasha. A-S-H-A. And then S H A. Kashasha. Okay. So it's also a type of rum. Okay. So I'm here well, for that. It's also this church school. Oh, yeah. But, it comes up when I look it up. It comes yeah. up Tanganyika laughter epidemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The school gets sued for allowing the children and their parents to transmit it to the surrounding area. What? I don't how- know. And I couldn't find like how this ended. I assume it was dropped because that's stupid. I mean, like, first of all, of all the things that you could spread, is laughter the worst one? Right? I like, mean, I guess that if you're the also, we like, should... fainting and stuff, but... I guess. You know what? Laughter is one of those weird things, like, now that I'm thinking about it, that, like, I... It sort of terrifies me if you think about, like, the way your body is, like, acting. Like, I always think yeah. of that thing that's, like, you're not supposed to tickle an infant until a certain age because their body right. doesn't understand laughter. And so, like... It, it panics. feels like panic and, like, pain. And I'm like... That's such an interesting, like, there's such a fine line between pain and pleasure in that way. Like, yeah. joy and, like, pain. So, I don't know. I'm getting fucking dark. But, but no, it, 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 me yeah, out. yeah. Well, and then I feel like if this was me and it happened when I was a kid, like, I'd be scared to ever laugh again. Oh, totally. Like, to start laughing and not stop. If this happened to me now, first of all, nobody would fucking talk to me because everybody already well, tells me they hate my laugh. <laughs> so, like, I can't fathom. That's no, it's rude. just my parents. Just my family. Oh, They're okay, like, just oh, them. your laugh is so loud. And then other people are like, I can hear your laugh from a mile away and i'm like oh well, thank you so lucky for all you bitches my uh, laugh is constantly in your ear holes so you're welcome but i can't imagine just not stopping that's yeah horrifying. no 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 oh my god um but yeah so they try and sue the school i couldn't find like how it ended but presumably not well like it's not the school's fault and what were they supposed to do keep the girls there for 18 months like i don't understand yeah but either way so in terms of reasons for this kind of like yours there's a few different theories but a lot of it basically boils down to also stress induced Mm -hmm. so yeah the tanganyika had just won its independence right Mm -hmm. and so a lot of stuff was kind of changing around the kids in general there had obviously been political turmoil for that to happen and then there was kind of this sense of we're on our own as a not a country but like a community and that a lot of the kids reported um higher expectations at school either from the parents or from the teachers right and so part of it is the theory is just like the kids were under so much stress that they all cracked they all just fucking lost that was it that was their collective we're done exactly yeah and kind of similarly these um some other sociologists and psychiatrists have said that the society at the time was ruled by very strict traditional elders and the likelihood for them is that the hysteria was kind of the cultural dissonance coming out so that the kids were dealing with this really traditional conservatism at home but then when they were going to school the their beliefs were being challenged right by some of like like, yeah younger teachers newer like authorities and stuff like that different from their culture and so the dissonance was so strong that it was a conversion reaction they called it so again kind of stress induced but just it's so different that it stressed them out and that seems to be the best theory like no one it was late enough that no one really thought they were demonically possessed because it was the 60s and not the 1500s right right i'm sure someone thought they were demonically possessed but no one reputable yeah we're moving Um, from demonic possession to maybe aliens yes i did also want to close with a great blog post that i found (laughs) 
um, <laughs> called, this? about this, yes, oh my God. called The Laughter Epidemic versus the COVID-19 Pandemic. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it starts, it defines like mass hysteria and psychogenic illness. And then it says mass hysteria around COVID-19 will kill more people than the virus itself. We need to drop the stress level. It then proceeds to tell the story that I just told about the epidemic and how it spread between some of the villages and how it was believed to be stress-induced. And then his point is basically, people are too stressed, we need to de-stress, and we need to laugh more, which doesn't seem like the moral of the laughter epidemic. I feel like this person mansplained Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. And And then just like made it lesser than right. what it really fucking is. Oh, yeah. Like, no one died from the laughter. Ends with a, a section about how laughter is the best medicine. Oh, no. And it's got five points, which are laughter is contagious. <laughs> Again, not the, the uplifting message here. No. Um, laughter reduces the stress response. Uh-huh. It combats depression. Okay. It boosts immunity mm-hmm. and increases resilience. So his moral is that um, if you forget how to laugh, you're the walking biological weapon. You have the power to start a laughter epidemic in your community. <laughs> so this guy thinks the laughter epidemic was like great. <laughs> These are the moments that I wish people could see my facial expressions when right? I'm recording. It's good. Are you like, kidding me? Yeah. Somehow the story he got from this was everyone should just laugh. <laughs> God, that's... So that's my favorite theory about this laughter epidemic is that it was, I guess, good and we need another one. That is unreal. Listen, yeah. buddy, I will take a laughter epidemic over whatever the fucking hellhole we're living in right now. Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, if I had to pick. but this blog <laughs> What a also... privileged man thing to say. This blog only has two followers. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, good. And Literally. it's like probably his mom or something. <laughs> yeah, surely. Um, yeah, two followers. So okay, that's that's so, it. Yeah, so that's the laughter epidemic of 1962. I love it. Okay, so I'm gonna bring us back to the 1930s and 40s. Okay, <laughs> with I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. I couldn't stop laughing when I was <laughs> reading this. Okay. <clears throat> the phantom gasser epidemic of the yes. 1930s and 40s. I was excited to learn about this one when I saw the like heading. So like I have to just kind of come clean. I thought <laughs> like initially I thought that this was like oh, flagellants. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was just people not being able to stop farting. Oh my god. And it was like oh my god that sounds really bad. And, I like the phantom aspect. I feel like it, you know when like a kid lies or something they're like it wasn't me that it was yes. just a bunch of people refusing to admit they farted. Yeah. Or like okay. my grandpa does this thing like he'll fart and be like oh who stepped on a duck and it's like like the <sighs> phantom duck like it's just yeah. like an old person thing. I don't so, think yeah. that's what it was. Like I initially thought okay so somebody's just like running around farting like causing other people to to fart but okay so that's not it at all okay gas, gas and odor are definitely a part of this but not um, that kind this is actually almost a weird true crime kind of thing which i was kind of excited because uh, my like, next one's kind of true crimey yeah like we don't we kind of stay away from that because like everyone does that and also like yeah i mean you can always find weird shit like that in history anyway so yeah. this guy had well i'm gonna say this culprit because we don't know and i'll talk about that okay. later but this mysterious culprit went by the following incredible nicknames the anesthetic prowler <laughs> Frizz. Okay. Phantom anesthetist. Anesthetist? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's my favorite Star Wars movie. And <laughs> and then the mad gasser. 
Which is, I think, my, my other favorite other than Frizz, which like, I thought it said Fritz at first. And I was like, oh, that's close to Fitz. No, it's no. Frizz. F-R-I-Z. Um, so in Mattoon, Illinois, during the mid-1940s, over two dozen different cases of gas attacks were reported to the police over a time span of literally like two weeks. The supposed okay. victims reported smelling strange odors in their homes, followed quickly by symptoms like coughing, nausea, vomiting, and paralysis of the arms and legs. Nope. Nobody died. There were no and like serious medical consequences that occurred. I therefore give everyone, myself included, full fucking permission to laugh at this case because yep. it's fucking crazy. So the case is basically what people now believe to be what is a case of mass hysteria that was just made even worse by the local newspapers who ran alarmist articles and basically treated the accounts of the quote unquote victims as straight up fact. And like normally I don't say quote unquote victims because that basically makes it seem right. like victims are not like telling the truth or whatever. But yeah, in this case, there's so, <laughs> yeah, it, there's so little known. It's just, okay. So here's what happened. It all began. I'm going to take us back to August 31st, 1944. All right. right. Um, also, the names in this are fucking chef's oh, kids. Good. They're so 50s, uh, 40s. Like, they're so 40s. Okay. Good. So, Urban Rafe yep. was... The- <laughs> That's the name. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first victim was awakened in the early morning hours of August 31st, 1944 by a strange odor. He soon described feeling nauseated and weak to his wife and he started to suffer from a fit of vomiting. He and his wife believed that they were suffering from some type of domestic gas leak. So his wife tried to check the stove to see if something was wrong. Like, oh shit. Like, which I thought you can't smell that, but it was the 40s. So like, maybe you could. Yeah. And I mean, if you, if you smell something weird and you're feeling like nauseous or lightheaded, I guess gas is a fair yeah okay. yeah exactly. i think actually it's carbon monoxide you can't smell okay but gas but you, you can, can probably carbon monoxide yeah like gas like fuel gas you can't that's fair that makes sense okay so i'm she not a scientist if that's wrong don't email me no no i know for sure that you can't smell carbon monoxide yeah like, people don't know that but like you can smell what i probably imagine the gas that they were using back in the 40s for homes it's like propane right yeah so you probably would be able to smell that so she yeah. thought that something was wrong with the pilot light in the stove so she goes to get out of bed but she can't because she's partially paralyzed and she's not able to get up. So they fucking panic, obviously. Later that night, the same thing is reported by a young mother who lived close by to them. And she was also woken up by her daughter coughing, who was claiming to smell some type of gas. um, Or she said like a funny smell. And when the mother went to go help her, she also couldn't get out of bed. So the next day, September 1st, the gasser strikes again. (laughs) This time at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Bert Kearney. So Mrs. Kearney is home. She reports smelling a strong sweet odor that she originally thinks are the flowers outside of her window and i literally wrote what the fuck lady like what kind of flowers do you have outside your window that right you smell that strongly at 11 p.m that night no. but, so she eventually he- hears <laughs> she eventually feels sorry smells <laughs> i'm like what's <laughs> one of what's- her senses one of her senses so she eventually smells the odor getting stronger and she starts to like get these tingling like feeling in her legs that she like can't almost walk almost like pins and needles mm-hmm. so she panics and she calls her sister uh mrs reedy and i guess her sister was staying with her or maybe I like that was how her- no one in no woman in this story has a first that name. was what i meant yep very 40s very 40s <laughs> like oh yeah her name is all mrs <laughs> exactly it's like goody reedy <laughs> yeah i used to think goody like when i was younger when i first like read the books when i was like in fifth or sixth grade i was like oh goody is a weird why is everybody named goody and yeah I, like, I thought that too um so mrs reedy's attention i couldn't tell if that was her daughter or her sister because 
I'll explain why later. But okay. so she panics. Her sister's with her and her sister starts to smell it. And they're all fucking panicking. Leave so your Bert, house. Well, <laughs> so Bert Kearney comes home and he's not home until about 1230 in the morning because he's a local taxi driver. So he gets in really late. As he's coming home, he finds an unidentifiable person sitting outside his house, just like outside of his house. And the figure was described as being a tall, thin man dressed in dark clothing and a tight fitted cap, which like <laughs> I kind of just pictured like any fucking burglar like yeah. ever. Like the stereotypical like cat suit, you know. Right. So he had all that of doesn't this. doesn't help much. Yeah. Right. It was totally nondescript. And so he was like the uh, Burt Kearney's like, oh, this is probably the dude that like was causing the problems. And so he claimed that he saw him attempting to gas their home. He like reported that the man was carrying a flit gun, which I think is like a pretty common like farming tool. So it's like what pesticide was sprayed with by farmers okay. of the time. Um, You could probably find something similar now with like uh that stuff to kill weeds and stuff like that. Like Roundup. Okay, yeah. That so I think sense. it's something similar. Yeah. It's like supposed to be spreading not gas, but something similar. So right, some kind of like substance. Yes. And it's like handheld. So the incident was initially believed to be an attempted robbery because the Kearneys had a ton of money in the house at the time. And I don't know why the fuck anybody knew that unless the Kearneys are running around like, oh, I have in my house. And like, that's fucking dumb. Don't do that. Also, like he was a taxi driver in the middle of the night, but they have like cash hidden all over their house. Right, right. So it was just it was very strange. So nobody could really tell if this was like a burglary or an attempted robbery gone wrong. And so they were going to the guy or the girl was like going to use gas to like distract them or something. Thing. I guess knock um, them out, maybe. Yeah, that that was that was probably the supposed intention. So the newspapers incorrectly declared this the first gasser attack, even though it actually wasn't. And the newspapers and media are going to be a really big one in this case, and actually my last one. Okay, so they're in, in my next one too. Yeah, they're crazy in this one. So in the following days, there are six more similar reported attacks, but nobody's actually able to just dis like describe the suspect. There's okay. literally a chart on Wikipedia of all of the people who were supposedly attacked, quote unquote. By by the gasser and like what evidence was found at the scene and whatever. So mm -hmm. this is like where I feel like it just starts to go off fucking deep end. Good. So the first piece of physical evidence comes on September 5th when Mrs. Bola Cords and her husband, who I didn't name, but there was a name and I just didn't write it down. Mr. So Bola Cords. Mr. Bola Cords, exactly. Returned home at like 10 p.m. and they found a piece of white cloth on their front porch. Okay. Mrs. Cords picks up the white cloth and smells it. And like, no. I just want to say, what the fuck do you know no that's not I, what my first thought would be that's right like who picks it up is like hmm what do i Chloroform. smell here yes <laughs> right that's literally exactly what i thought like what a stupid idea yeah no don't, um, don't do that at home kids yeah and i literally thought like of all the training that i've had as a teacher with which like always includes some bullshit workplace safety where it's like if it's wet and not yours don't touch it kind right. of thing like that's i feel like that's supposed to be rule. common sense yeah yeah so mrs cords immediately gets sick she describes it as an electric shock combining with a burning sensation in her mouth and throat which is like really fucking scary yeah they also find a skeleton key pretty bad like i get they said badly used but i think they probably mean like like, like really worn. used like very worn out yeah and badly they find used. it badly used <laughs> how do you badly use a skeleton key it's like right. the one key that can open anything right you can't even put it in the wrong lock <laughs> right right <laughs> that's exactly so she smells the thing she sees the key again this sounds like a fucking trip and, yeah. and so the key is like just abandoned on the sidewalk in in addition to a large 
almost empty lipstick tube. Which I just want to point out that none of this comes together. Like, there's no answer. I'm so sorry to disappoint anybody listening, but like, there's no fucking answer for this quote unquote crime. So something about this. (laughs) Okay, so there was a lipstick tube that was found mostly empty. And is that a large lipstick tube? So like, I don't know. Okay. What constitutes usually a, the same size, right? Like, I feel like that's large. a man, right? Like a man found it and wrote large oh. lipstick tube because <laughs> it was bigger than he thought they would be. Yes, yes. He's like, oh, weird. I thought they were the size of my index finger. Turns right. out they're the size of my middle finger, and it's yeah. like, okay, buddy. Um. So basically, the public concern fucking skyrockets over this attack, and so they think that it's like not just somebody who is um trying to rob the place but also like is deliberately trying to gas people and what M- mrs cords thought was her dog so they actually were like oh this cloth was left here for the dog to smell to knock the dog out okay so that they could enter the home which is probably the only piece of evidence that actually makes some semblance of yeah. sense so the police concern over the alleged gassings rose so quickly that the fbi became involved but like nobody could find anything and what started to happen was there was this huge increase and in not just the um the media coverage of it but also an increase in false reporting mm-hmm. so like they'd show up and they'd be like oh well we thought we saw him or like oh well we all started to smell this and like right it started to basically become like a mass hysterical experience so the police started to basically say listen we're making a statement that if you tell us if you call us and you're like someone's gassing my house we're not coming right away like you're not our top priority okay which sounds fucking terrible but also like leave your house (laughs) right but what's crazy is it works because all of a sudden the reports just fucking stop it's literally like overnight once they make the announcement they're like oh they're not gonna come and like there's no more like legitimate reports basically any gas reports were put towards like the bottom of the call list i don't know what i don't again i don't know what's happening in this part of illinois in the 1940s that there's a lot of cops around but like again so the other thing that was really shitty and problematic is basically in the police report they said you know we're making a statement that people are safe you know this gas attack is not a top priority and realistically it's probably a result of totally explainable occurrences like pollution from the nearby factories and also women's hysteria because their husbands are away in war okay so it's just a bunch of like fucking housewives like sad because their husband's probably dying in europe or you know japan they want a nice policeman to come be with them or right yeah um, but what is weird, like I said, is after the announcement, the reports did actually decline rapidly. And the only yeah. significant report that came back to them was on September 13th when Bertha Birch, another <laughs> chef's kiss name. That sounds described, like a Harry Potter character. Honestly. I know. A lot of these people, or they sound like they should be in like Death of a Salesman. Do you know? Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. she actually describes the gasser as a woman who's dressed up as a man to like throw everybody off. Okay. Um, and the police co- like kind of corroborate this because they're like, oh yeah, this footprint's really small for a man, which like you know, they might just and there have was a lipstick feet. tube, right? So that's kind of why I'm like, oh maybe it fucking was a woman, which yeah. would be cool as shit, but we don't actually know. So possible I mean, theories. I was gonna say, was it even oh. a real person? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so possible theories. First possible theory is mass hysteria. So the commissioner of public health, Thomas V. Wright, made a statement a couple of days later, um, kind of similar to the time that the police chief spoke. Um, and he said, quote, there is no doubt that a gas maniac exists. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't like, I thought I was going to be able to get through that. 
A gas maniac? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> there is no doubt that <laughs> a gas maniac exists and has made a number of attacks. But many of the reported attacks are nothing more than hysteria. Fear of the gas man is entirely out of proportion to the menace of the relatively harmless gas he is spraying. The whole town is sick with hysteria. So he's basically like, all right, y'all, listen. There's definitely a guy running around spraying gas. But guess what? It's fine. It's not that fucking bad. No one's hurt. Y'all are freaking out for no reason. So just chill the fuck out. Um, so what's interesting is throughout the late 1940s and into the 50s, psychologists actually wrote about the situation in a lot of their like psychology today kind of reports. And they basically like agreed with each other's theories that this was just an example of mass hysteria that had come from um, like one or two like factual reports. So almost like what the commissioner was saying, basically theorizing that, yeah, there was a dude spraying gas, not as much as everybody thought, but in actuality, the reported symptoms of choking, swelling of mucous membranes, and weakness and temporary paralysis are also all symptoms of hysteria. So I was people might say have like been, a panic attack. Yeah. Yes, and people are so people were like freaking out, thinking that they were being you know impacted by it. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, you know, it it said that there were like over two dozen cases in two weeks, but realistically, there was maybe tops half that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they attributed to was the fact that the first headline that came out about the report said Mrs. Kearney and daughter first victims. So that's why I was like, I don't know if it's her daughter or her sister, but okay. the fact that they used the term first victims basically as- made people assume that there's going to be more victims, right. more attacks, which just eggs people on. Yeah, that's a weird way to say they're the first victims. Right. There's going to be more. Like, it's it's yeah. the whole, like, fear campaign of, like of like newspaper propaganda yeah so on september 12th when the chief of police had their press conference and whatever oh sorry so this is the second theory the second theory is that uh there's toxic waste or pollution in the air which is causing the smell and the reaction so the chief of police makes a statement and he's like look everyone's gonna be fine no one's died also this is probably the result of pollutants or toxic waste that's being released by nearby industrial plants Mm -hmm. so carbon tetrachloride or trichloroethylene I don't know why the fuck those are the two words I can say, but I can't say <laughs> contemporary contemporary. <laughs> um, both of those chemicals have sweet odors and can also okay. induce symptoms similar to or matching the ones reported by victims. OK, but Atlas Imperial, which was the primary company that was implicated in the situation that they basically called out, mm-hmm. responded almost immediately to um, the chief of police Cole's statement and basically said, like, nah, dude. Our facility has five gallons of the chemicals in stock tops, and they're safely contained away from public exposure. And they also said that there's no way that this many townspeople could get sick from any quantity that small. And that factory workers would have been the first to get sick and experience symptoms long before anybody else. That's probably fair. Which I think is totally fair. And I don't normally support big corporations. Right. Normally, I'm like, no, you did it. But yeah, this is less sus, I would say. Yeah. as the children would say. As the, yes, the youths. Theory number... The youths. <laughs> uh, I was going to say children number three. Uh, what is it? What is it called? Theory number three. Theory number three <laughs> is... Three. Children number three. Theory number three is an actual assailant existed. <laughs> okay. So basically, some researchers believe that there was at least some degree of an actual attacker, but many of the other claims are not totally explainable. The I fourth just feel and- like... Oh, I feel like it's plausible, right, that, okay, I'm going to gas this house and then rob the house. That's, like, a right. real yeah. thing. But the gas was clearly not, like, knocking them out 
And so they right. never, this person that theoretically exists never robbed a house. So why would you keep doing the same thing mm-hmm. with a gas that doesn't actually work? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So like, I, I personally think that it was an actual assailant, like a combination of the stuff. So like, yeah. I think it was an actual assailant that was just maybe being a public menace, causing some shit. And then other people, including the media, started to get really fucking out of hand. Um, So it led to mass hysteria. Uh, The final and probably most legitimate theory is aliens. Yep. And there was no legitimate explanation or evidence for Mm -hmm. that, except for one quote that was like an alien-like figure or something. And I was like, I have to put aliens because what if it was? Yep. So that is the <laughs> mad gasser of uh, oh, the 1940s. I love it. Yeah. That's um, from an arc perspective, very similar to my next one. So there's probably not going to be a fun twist moment, but we'll <laughs> go with it. So again, kind of true crimey. So we're going to talk about the Halifax slasher. Ooh. So we're in Halifax, England in the 30s um, in late 1938. And two women, Mary Gledhill and Gertrude Watts, are walking home at night together, and they are attacked by a mysterious man. The only description they give is that he has a mallet, and he has bright buckles on his shoes. So he's the hash-slinging slasher. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what he's slashing with a mallet either, but okay. But slasher sounds cooler than, like, mallet hitter or whatever the fuck. So they report this attack and, you know, the police take their statement and all that. And it's kind of like a normal thing. Five days later, Mary Sutcliffe is walking home and she reports a similar attack on herself. She reports that this mysterious man has a knife or a razor, something sharp. So no longer has a mallet, but has a razor. Correct. No mallet has a razor. Got it. So those are kind of the first two big attacks, right? And... The police link these and say, okay, we think there might be an assailant who's out there attacking women walking home alone. Plausible mm-hmm. enough. Totally. Over the next couple of weeks, within the course of like six days or so, there's like 10 other attacks reported. Wow. So it's men and women. So there's a man named Clayton who says he's attacked outside of a school. A man says he's attacked outside of his shop. Oh. All sorts of different things like that. And they all have pretty similar stories, right? There's a, a mysterious man. He has a weapon of some sort. There's a couple of physical features they start to corroborate. So a large nose, is what, right? Okay, um, yeah. They start to give similar kind of stories. So obviously, this is being taken really seriously. Um, the name the Halifax Slasher catches on really quickly. And Scotland Yard is brought in to kind of manage the situation. Now, part of the reason they take it seriously really quickly is that about 10 years prior, there had been another slasher in the same area. So So they wanted to like take reports seriously. So in Mm -hmm. 1927, there was a man named James Leonard and he was convicted of stalking and slashing the clothes off of six women in the area. So he didn't actually hurt them, but he would like follow them and like cut their clothes off and try and get their clothes off. Yeah. Awful. He um he was arrested and sentenced. He did a nice six months in jail. Oh, six months. Great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Um, He's cured. So, right. So it's been 10 years, but that was like one of the first times there was a serial crime like that that they knew of in the area, you know? So it kind of shook the community and people that lived there for a while still remembered this slashing event. And so when there was another slasher, they panicked. So Scotland Yard comes in. 
And in addition to Scotland Yard, they start forming all these vigilante mobs. They basically start <laughs> out, yeah, they basically start <laughs> out like a neighborhood watch that's well-intentioned, right? Like some of the guys that own shops are like, we're going to go at night and watch the streets to make sure no one gets harmed. Right. But it, it pretty quickly becomes like intense mob mentality. Anyone who vaguely met the description of the attackers would get beat up. And there was even one guy, so there's another attack on a woman named Hilda Lodge. She gives a physical description. Um, it's got the, the big nose thing. Other than that, it's also pretty general, right? He's a guy, he's right. X tall, whatever. Um, and a man named Clifford Edwards meets that description. And he he actually helped Hilda during the the attack. Or says he went to help Hilda and like was involved and everyone decides he was actually the slasher and he's covering up and he gets like beaten up so badly everyone's chanting for his death and like the police have to escort him home so there's these crazy mobs trying to get get this slasher when has i'm just thinking about this because this the crazy mob started from like a neighborhood watch basically yeah when has a neighborhood watch ever been successful never that's my question. That's no. my Google question. Probably never. never. And it's like Scotland Yard is called in. The police are on it. It's not the police are doing nothing and we need to take it into our own hands. Right. There is a hefty reward offered. I couldn't find what it was, but for the time it was like a pretty big reward offered. So that probably motivated some of it. But I think also they just wanted to beat someone up. So on November 29th, which is, you know... Let me do math. Within two weeks of the first attack on um, Mary and Gert. Mm -hmm. um, Gertrude, but... Gert? Uh, Gertie? Okay, Gert's my favorite character on that TV show I was talking about, and so I just saw Gertrude and said Gert, but I'm oh fine. Oh my god, that's awesome. Um, I so, played Gertrude McFuzz in a rendition of Seussical the Musical. Love so. it. Love that. <laughs> Winning. Um. So not even two weeks after this, there's another re report of an attack on a man named Percy Waddington. And he pretty quickly admits he inflicted the damage on himself. So mm. he had hurt himself. Okay. And after he says that, a bunch of other people start saying the same thing. So they start going to Scotland Yard saying, I was not attacked by a man. I attacked myself. Jesus. Interesting, because I noticed that, like, the more it went on, the more men started to get attacked mm -hmm. versus the first two attacks that were young women. Right. Um. <laughs> so just a fun... Huh. <laughs> and there are women later on yeah but also there's men and they're the ones who come forward first saying okay i did it right i hurt myself yeah yeah and so the scotland yard talks to them and they eventually conclude there was no slasher attacks um they think some of the first ones may have been real attacks so like mary and gertrude and then uh the other something Sutcliffe, whatever her name was, um, that those may have been real attacks. They may have been unrelated because the weapons were different, but that everyone got so caught up in trying to catch this attacker that they were making up more attacks and then joining the vigilante mobs to try and get them. And it was basically similar to your thing, like a mass hysteria where they just wanted to be involved. Humans are fucking nuts. Yep. What they is wrong with us? <laughs> they actually ended up charging five people with public mischief offenses public mischief that's yeah. a cool fucking crime four of them did prison time probably as much prison time as the other slasher dude if we're being honest what is public mischief i feel like it's just like throwing toilet paper on trees or something. yeah i feel like it's just causing a commotion i don't know let's look like at the tying definition. a sleeping person's shoelaces like that's yeah. what i think of yeah 
Okay, public mischief is a distinct form of mischief that involves falsely reporting crimes to the police. Oh. Resulting in unnecessary investigations, wasted resources, and sometimes criminal charges being laid against innocent parties. So just fucking call it false police reports. Right. Not mischief. You got that me all so excited. I thought I it was know. like the hamburglar. I was like, yeah. yeah he's not burgling people. He's burgling hamburgers. But I agree that that's a more fun name than the actual charge. Yeah, fuck that. And so I have a quote that I enjoyed from the local newspaper when all of this came to light. Um... So it says, quote, carry on, Halifax. The slasher scare is over. The theory that a half-crazed, wild-eyed man has been wandering around attacking helpless women in dark streets is exploded. There never was, nor is there likely to be, any real danger to the general public. There's no doubt that following certain happenings, public feeling has grown, and many small incidents have been magnified in the public mind until a real state of alarm was caused. The assurance there's no real cause for alarm, in short, no properly authenticated wholesale attacks by such a person as the boogeyman known as the slasher should allay the public fear. Which just sounds like me trying to write a college paper and like hit my word count. Oh yeah. He could have said that in one sentence. <laughs> yes. Like y'all are nuts. There's no slasher. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. So this is like a slasher who still has a historical crimey nickname, but seems to not be a person. It seems that there may have been a couple unrelated attacks. Yeah, But I noticed, too, like, that article talks about attacking helpless young women, and more of the claims were men than women, ultimately. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. The, I'm like, the women ones were probably true, and the men ones weren't. <laughs> That's what yeah. I decided. And once again, men are, like, writing the fucking narrative, and it's like, come on, yeah. guys. There's probably somebody who actually did go after these women, and fortunately, they were able to survive. But, like, right. what the fuck? This is also a complete aside that we don't have time for. This is my theory about the Zodiac Killer. I do not think there was a single Zodiac Killer. <laughs> oh, you think there's multiple? Uh, yeah, I think, like, all the MOs are so different. It doesn't really make sense. I read a I book I think we once. do know that there is a Zodiac Killer, Sarah. No, we And don't. I think we know that it's Ted Cruz. Well, yes, that's fair. But also, <laughs> I read a book once called The Zodiac Killer Hoax, and I'm really susceptible. And so now I'm convinced there's no Zodiac Killer. Just like there's no Halifax Slasher. Huh. Damn. So you're right. Yeah. I love it. What a great yep. slashing epidemic. Exactly. Okay, so right. you've got this one more. is <laughs> So I have to just come clean also again. I did not think that this was about flatulence this time. Okay. When we assigned these, uh -huh. we just did it randomly. I was like, I'll take one three five. I didn't really read them. I was just like, Same. I'm gonna get numbers. Which actually I really preferred because it was like a like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. So my last case is <laughs> the Coro epidemic in Singapore that took place in 1967. So I was not prepared for even a fraction of what the fuck I was about Yeah, to read. I read like one sentence about this because I, when we assigned yeah. them, I took two and four. So I went to find another one outside of the mm -hmm. list. Mm -hmm. And I saw this Coro one listed and read like two sentences and was like, no. I did not I read Casey says. I did not read any sentences. So mm -hmm. I just want to also say that I lived in Singapore for two years as a kid. Right. So it was actually really exciting to just see. I was like, oh my God, Singapore, like that's cool as shit. Like I didn't learn about this in history class, and now I fucking know why. Mm-hmm. So for all my friends listening, what is Coro? Coro. Mm -hmm. Oh God. <laughs> oh my God. I am about to say a word so many times <laughs> this yes. segment that I never thought I'd say. Uh, as much as I have in a public domain. <clears throat> Coro is a disease characterized by the sudden delusion of penis retracting, <laughs> accompanied by intense panic, 
Speaking quotes. of Ted Cruz. Speaking of Ted Cruz. <laughs> they should have called this the Ted Cruz epidemic. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Ted Cruz this- is an epidemic. <laughs> yeah, he is. So symptoms include three cardinal, quote, manifestations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> A delusion of penile retraction and impending death. Wait, so it's not actual protracted. You'll get to it. You'll get yes, to it. Yes, I'll get to that. Yeah. I got ahead so, of myself. Yeah. No, I thought I thought the same thing. A panic syndrome with fear, feeling of collapse, palpitation, sweating, nausea, breathlessness, visual blurring, and, bod- and bodily spasms, including pain. Complications arise as a result of remedial measures. So I, I think that means that like... People try to fix yeah, it, and, that and then shit is, gets worse. Yep, that's what I'm imagining as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, so the first part of this is just explaining what it is, what it looks like, <laughs> and like just the the more clinical side of it. So this syndrome occurs worldwide. Cases have been reported in Africa, Asia, Europe, and even in the United States. So they're very, very rare. Uh, in the Western nation, uh, in Western nations, I should say, Europe and the U.S., it's known as genital retraction syndrome. Okay, this can technically occur in females, and like initially, I was like, mm, "But our anatomy is it's retracted. Re- it's already retracted. Yeah, right. Like it how much further? How much further can it go? Because that's horrifying. Yeah. Um, and I've heard the opposite of it, like falling out, which right. is also terrifying like, and probably another. It was like another irrational fear of mine, but like I've never heard of it of the vagina just continuously going into your body. Yeah. So the way this happens with females is the belief that your nipples are retracting into your breasts, and therefore you're going to okay. either totally like your breasts are going to disappear or you're going to die. Okay. okay. So like, well, some people do have inverted nipples, though. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's actually it's not just the nipple is inverting. It's like the whole, it's, it's like. like, it's like <laughs> We're um, gesturing like a, a lot, guys. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a, I wanted to say it like a, like a, not a wormhole, like a black yeah, hole. Like, like, yeah. like it eats everything on the Right, right, right. Of it. So that's, I guess, what people think is happening. Okay. okay. So it's I diagnosed. Mean, not okay, but yeah. Right, right. So it's diagnosed through psychological assessments as well as with physical examinations to actually like rule out any chance that like it is actually happening. Okay. Um, so basically, like you said, this is not like a legitimate physical ailment it is completely psychotic i don't think that's right yeah. psychological psychotic yeah like psychosomatic maybe it's like exactly yes and so the word it's almost koto, sounds like a form of like body dysmorphia i'm glad you said that because that's going to come up like basically in terms of i took what AP like psychology. causes it yes yes <laughs> Um, so the word koto is borrowed from the Malay language and it translates to turtle head or <laughs> no. head of a turtle tortoise no. <laughs> because that's how it looks when the, the uh-huh, penis retracts. Uh-huh. I got it. Yep. And so that's how it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I followed. I had to like, this is the case that took me forever. <laughs> Good. I was like, oh my God. There's so a lot Coro, happening here. There's so much happening. So Cora was caused by psychosexual conflicts, personality factors, and cultural beliefs, especially body dysmorphia, as well as sexual adjustment histories, which involve pre-morbid sex inadequacy. I don't know what that is. Pre-morbid? I, pre-morbid. Pre-morbid sex inadequacy. I thought automatically 
necrophilia. It's like Same, I which thought. I know is not what right. that means, but it is what I thought. And also pre-morbid, I guess, would just mean sex with an alive person. With an alive <laughs> Wait, actually, that's probably what it means, that you're inadequate with having sex with an alive person. Oh, that's okay. actually Okay, wait, wait, wait. I figured it out. I thought I thought it through. Okay. Okay. So you know the word comorbid means when you have two like conditions at the same time. Yes. Right. So like try and think of an example. Like I have PCO oh. PCOS and diabetes are comorbid. They occur. I was together. just gonna say yes. Or so comorbidity, like I'm diabetic and I if I got COVID, that's a comorbidity. It's like yes. a problem. Okay. So got it. Pre-morbid is probably you have it before the other condition, right? So you have sexual inadequacy and it leads to coro. Okay. Yes. Right. Yep. You're right. That's that's probably what it is i think that's probably the only way to think about it because it's it could be even like if you don't like you already feel sexually inadequate yeah and so i think here we go preceding the occurrence of symptoms of a disease or disorder yep yep. okay so it's like so like you just instead of at the same time you basically get in your head i'm gonna be bad at sex right now (laughs) yeah you crushed it you crushed it meanwhile i'm like uh people who aren't dead i mean that was my first thought (laughs) don't worry i'm still sticking to it it also can be uh, sexual adjustment histories that are sexual promiscuity, guilt over masturbation, and impotence. Okay. So, like, like you could have one of these things and it would be more likely that you would get Coro. Okay. But, like, nobody really gets Coro. That's right. the thing. So, but that you would have the symptoms or whatever. Correct. Yeah. So, treatment involves a few different things. In more Western or less traditional medicine, it's mostly reassurance and talks on sexual anatomy. That's a fucking direct quote. Like, okay. No, 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 Sarah. Your penis is not reverting back <laughs> into your body. Let's talk about let's talk about the penis. Like yeah. that's literally the, the cure. Okay. Um, as well as psychotherapy. So again, like this that's is probably good. Probably very good. Um, in traditional Chinese medicine, I thought this was really cool. It's believed to be cured by the following. One, praying to the gods and asking Taoist priests to perform an exorcism. Okay. Two, if a fox <laughs> sorry, I had a hard time getting through this because of the <laughs> visuals that like just okay. kind of came with it. So if a fox spirit is believed to be involved, people may hit gongs to scare the fox out or beat the person to drive it out. So like I laughed only because my image like in my head was like you have a man who thinks his penis is disappearing and you're going to beat him? Like <laughs> this is how is this going to work? The person will receive a yin or yang augmenting Chinese medicine potion okay. that includes includes herbs, an antler of a stag, uh, a deer, a deer tail, as well as a tiger penis, deer penis and or fur seal penis. Other therapeutic foods include ginger soup, pepper soup, or liquor. Can I have that instead of the deer's tail? I think you need to have both. I think you need to have... I think I'd rather have have ginger soup. (laughs) Yeah, you have to have co-medicines. Okay. So here's what happened with the Koro epidemic in Singapore in 1967. So on October 29th, 1967, a 16-year-old boy rushed into the General Hospital's outdoor clinic with his parents in tow. The boy was reported as, quote, pulling hard on his penis to prevent the organ from disappearing into his abdomen, quote. The parents confirmed their fears um, and his fears, claiming that it was something called Suo Yang or the Chinese name for Koto. Uh, Koro, sorry. Or is it Koto? Oh, my God. Did I say it's it right? Koro, but you've said Koto. Koro multiple I did times. say Koto. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. So so the parents were corroborating it. That's weird. Yes. So they were concerned. So they were concerned that if the retraction didn't stop, he would die. So the problem for the boy had started while did they not look and see it wasn't retracting. So I, I think what 
I'm understanding about this is that because it's okay. So I don't know how frequently these parents probably saw their 16 year old son's fair genitalia. That's fair. So they, and he's also pulling on it. So like it, like he's like literally grabbing his crotch. Like it's like, it's disappearing. And his parents are like, well, let me see. And he's like, no, no, no. So like, yeah, that's true. They might just believe him. Right. So the reason why they actually, tend to believe him is because when he was at school that day he heard a rumor or like a report that eating pork that had been inoculated against the swine fever could actually end up causing coro and so he went to the bathroom later on and while he was peeing he like thought about the pork he'd eaten earlier and then he was like holy shit like my penis does look smaller like it is disappearing into my body so he then so this was like early web md basically yes basically yeah in the 60s yeah it was the 60s version of when you have a cough and you google and you're like well my Oh, it's falling out. Answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, it's not allergies. It's you know right. something terrible. Um, so he quote quickly grasped the organ and rushed to his parents, shouting for help. Quote. So this story was reported in the media, and it quickly gained some attention because, like, what a fucking headline. Right. As a result, pork sales totally tanked, and the reports of Coro exploded. So, like, people all over the fucking place the country were like, holy shit, it's happening to me too. So both doctors and traditional Chinese physicians who were witnessing this whole thing happen emphasize the importance of like, okay, if this is happening to you, you need to treat it immediately. You need to have, uh, you need to come to the hospital, you need to get injections, you need acupuncture, all these other measures because mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily sure if it was psychosomatic or if it was like legitimately physical. Right. And then it's also like a placebo, right? Like you're going to stop trying to do right. whatever you're doing if you're like, well, they're going to fix it with acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And as a doctor, you can't be like, no, buddy, your penis is not disappearing. Okay, right. I need you to so go like, back home. We'll do right. acupuncture, so- which isn't harmful, and it might not actually mm-hmm. affect this, but you feel like you got treatment. Right. And there had been like reports of this before. So it's not like no one's ever heard of this. And yeah. it was fairly, I don't want to say common, but it had come up several times in especially Chinese history. And so they were like right. kind of aware of it. So by October 31st, literally two days after this incident, the cases of Koro seen in the ER increased significantly. And so by November 3rd, there were 97 cases seen in one day. 97 men came in like saying my penis is disappearing. Okay. A total of reported cases rose up up to about 469 <laughs> patients <laughs> nice. spanning from October 29th to mid-November. So on November 4th, a public announcement was made by the medical panel of the Singaporean Medical Institute or Medical Association, sorry, followed by the Ministry of Health two days later. And both of them were like, listen, this isn't real. Coro mm-hmm. is completely psychological. We've, we're studying it. Nobody has died from this. It's just a result of fear. There's no real physical condition. Your penises are staying on your body. Okay? Like, it's... it's They're there. It's they're still there. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Exactly. So, following those reports and the announcements, the numbers dropped literally overnight. On November 5th, the reported cases were reduced to just 38 from the almost 100 that had been there just the day before. And then on November 7th, which was the day after the second announcement that was made by the um, Ministry of Health, <laughs> there was, like, no reports. It went down to 17 cases. So there were some women who reported it, but um, I actually kind of read like a psychological study that they they put together in like later on in the 60s. I think it was 68 or 69. And it was concluded that the Coro epidemic was just a result of injudicious propaganda and statements reported in the media and the newspapers, television and radio 
would seem to be powerful tools in such circumstances for creating this mass hysteria. Right. So it's another example of mass hysteria, but it was like a very specific, very niche type of mass hysteria. I mean, because think about like the modern equivalent of like there's a BuzzFeed article that's like women say their nipples are like inverting back into their spine. You would be like, yes. <laughs> like you yes. would be checking like, your nipples every day. Yes. yes. <laughs> like I yeah. can see that. And I think too, like the the amount of information that gets dispersed now, especially it's like, you know, yeah. I mean like I I was able to look up symptoms that I was experiencing and actually effectively diagnose myself with something. Right. That when I went to the doctor, I was like, hey, these are the things I'm experiencing. Could it be this? And after more tests and stuff, they were like, actually, yeah, that's what yeah. this is. So it yeah, is possible. Even with but- real things, like, I mean, think of COVID, right? When it started coming out, people were losing their smell and taste. Everyone right. spent all day, like, smelling everything. Like, can I smell this candle? Mm-hmm. Does it smell duller than it did yesterday? Like if I hold this jar of peanut butter inside my nose, yeah. can I smell it? Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that is that is the Koro epidemic of Singapore in oh. 1967. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have my favorite one saved for last. <laughs> I have been waiting this whole fucking so time for this one. Oh okay. my God. Uh, my next one is okay. the cat and dog nun epidemic of the 15th century. Which is just a great I am, name already. My body is so ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So most of this comes from a book called Epidemics of the Middle Ages by J.F.C. Hecker, which I love J.F.C. because I'm from the internet. So I, Jesus fucking Christ, Hecker is his oh, name. Oh, I thought of like KFC. I'm thinking, I'm actually yeah, really GFC's, hungry. So that's probably I why. Mean, fair but i think jesus fucking christ hacker so he talks about (laughs) a secluded convent in france and uh, it starts when one of the nuns randomly one day just starts meowing like a cat just walking around the convent meowing and this gets a lot of notice not only because it's weird but because cats in catholicism (laughs) were heavily associated with the devil at the time yes that was our cats episode remember yes Mm -hmm. so this obviously like has people on alert but soon all of the other nuns she's hanging out with start meowing as well and they would just like sit around the convent meowing for hours at a time oh no and this isn't the only convent it happened in there was a similar case in germany but in that one the nuns began to bite each other and the fuck it was a weird thing where it happened at one nunnery and then the news started traveling like kind of among the clergy and when other nuns would hear about it they would start having the same behavior and so they were getting kind of like influenced by it but basically there's multiple nunneries where they're just out there biting each other what's going on in france and germany that this shit is going on i don't know it spreads as far as holland and rome holy shit the biting is said to have eventually stopped due to exhaustion, so the nuns just were, like, tired of biting each other all day. Oh, my God. How fucking much are you biting right? that you're like, exhausted from it? Biting. Um, and it's literally, like, I mean, that's that's the entire what happened, pretty much. Um, but, <laughs> so, our friend John Waller is here. No. Yeah. No. Shut the fuck up. John Waller wrote about it for the British Psychological Society. Good for him. So he talks about, you know, various nunneries experiencing nuns who behaved not only like cats, but like dogs and birds in various scenarios. No, I feel bad for the nuns that were fucking acting like birds. Like, bro, you can't fly. You can't fly. Dogs, cats. All right. You walk around on all fours like fine, but fucking birds. Yeah. They were running, jumping, clawing and biting. And so I have a, a primary source quote from the time. Yes. Someone wrote. 
I have read in a good medical work that a nun in a very large convent in France began to meow like a cat. Shortly afterwards, the other nuns also meowed. At last, all of the nuns meowed together every day at a certain time for several hours together. The whole surrounding Christian neighborhood heard, with equal chagrin and astonishment, this daily cat concert, which did not cease until all the nuns were informed that a company of soldiers were placed by the police before the entrance of the convent, and that they were provided with rods and would continue whipping them until they promised not to meow anymore. And so that's literally how the epidemic ends, is they bring in soldiers to be like, you gotta stop fucking meowing. And, and they just, like, beat them until they stopped. Yeah, they, like, physically threatened these nuns until they stopped acting like cats and dogs. What the fuck? That's, it's, like, extremely short, but that's super the whole story. And, and I'm guessing, I'm guessing, like, the theories is just mass hysteria. So somewhat, um, so one of the, the theories is around, you know, at the time, they believed very heavily in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so they yeah. were susceptible to a lot of that type of belief. Totally. Plus, most women had not chosen to go to a convent and be a nun, right? They were forced there by their family. For one I was going to say, this is probably one of the only cases where I could see it's women mass hysteria because they're yes. so cooped up and they're, yeah, I yeah, could definitely see that. Yeah, so they're forced into this lifestyle that they have to be celibate, they're po- they're in poverty, they're doing hard manual labor. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they're probably like losing their fucking minds. And yeah. maybe they're just bored. <laughs> I shouldn't meow like a cat. Yeah, I and mean... Then- i'm thinking i'm thinking of the sound of music when they're like all singing in the convent and i'm just imagining instead of them singing they're like barking and see i just keep thinking of the how do you solve a problem like maria and then being like she fucking meows all day and then you just like pant to maria (laughs) and she's like pretending to like lick her hand exactly (laughs) oh my god that's fucked up i love it that's the sound of music i want to see yes and then sound of meowsic John Waller kind of agrees, right? Um, but he also adds in the religious repression of the time. Yes, how strict absolutely. The nuns are all that. That this is like one of the cases where it seems like they actually just fucking cracked. And yeah. this is probably the only legitimate feminine yes. mass hysteria example that we've talked about found, the last hour and a half. This is yeah. the one where I found like, why are women prone to mass hysteria? And I was like, because you made them be celibate and poor and live in a secluded nunnery. Yeah, because you gave them shit conditions yeah. that no fucking human should be able to survive. And it wasn't their choice. And often at the time, if your family was sending you away to a nunnery, it was because you had done something like, quote unquote, wrong. Yeah. Right? Or like, like you just like were like the fifth daughter. They're like, well, fuck, we got too many kids. So let's just put this one away. Yeah. yeah. Or you were like not married at a certain age or you'd had sex out of wedlock or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So they were getting sent there. So they probably already had some issues. And then everyone's meowing. So they're like, I might as well meow too. Yeah. And then the part that I think is interesting is that other nuns then heard about it and were like, well, that sounds cool. (laughs) You know what? What else are we doing? Yeah. Nothing. So that was like a super short one, but it was my favorite because it's literally just like, yeah, so these nuns were acting like cats and dogs and birds. And then we were like, we'll beat you up. And they stopped. Yeah. Did they actually beat them or did they just threaten to? It seems like they just threatened to. I couldn't find much about them actually being beaten. Okay. I would um it says they were tasked with whipping and beating the nuns. My best guess is probably a couple people got it and then everyone was like, We're good, we're good, we're, we're good. good. Yeah. 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 I'll, stop. I'll stop. Like they probably made an example out of someone. Dude, this makes me think of when I was a kid when and my sister used to play like puppy. Mm-hmm. And it was so fucking annoying because she'd yeah. be like 
off or like all like walk around on her like hands and knees and like pretend <laughs> yep. to drink out of a bowl and yeah, shit. And but I it's remember none. thinking like it's so annoying. But now it's just a bunch of like women, like grown ass fucking yeah. women. Wow. Yeah. Like I it, it sounds a like a nice retreat, it. though. Honestly, oh. I could maybe use like a weekend away at a nunnery where I get to turn into a dog for. Fair. I would watch this film. I think I would too. Like, Even if it's only it's, like thirty minutes. I yeah, would it's watch not it. a very compelling arc for a film, but I would certainly watch <laughs> it. Oh my god! Well, yeah, that was a fucking roller coaster of an episode, yeah. man. We did some crazy shit. I mm-hmm. loved it. It was great. That was great. All right. Well, thanks for listening, nerds. Have a awesome day and don't yeah. uh don't let your genitalia disappear. <laughs> and you know, if you're gonna bark like a dog or a cat, make sure that you get some friends to join in. Yeah. So meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to What the History. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WTHistoryPod. If you'd like to email us, you can do that at WTHistoryPodcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear feedback or episode ideas or anything else you have to say. You can support us on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash WTHistoryPodcast and get exclusive access to even more nerdy stuff. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday when new episodes are released, and we will see you next time.